Welcome everybody to the AJ Osborne Show, where we focus on our core tenets, impact, freedom, and progress. Join me and others as we grow through education and discussion. Welcome everybody to the podcast. And we know that markets are extremely turbulent right now. And so today with me, I have Katie McFerrin from McFerrin Real Estate, uh, owner and partner. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm doing great. So happy to be here. Yeah, it's, uh, um, you know, we've been talking over the last few months and wow, has times changed quickly. Yes. Um, yes. And I'm sure your world has changed uh, dramatically. But before we get into the overall market conditions, what you're seeing and just kind of your thoughts and everything, how did you get, like, how did you get involved in real estate? Like, what was the path? Why are you doing this today? Hey, is this something that you've always, you always wanted to build mm-hmm. up your own firm? Like, mm-hmm. how'd that work? Well, I have always loved real estate. My grandpa was a real estate broker in Southern California. He did a lot of developments there, apartments, subdivisions. And growing up, I just saw kind of how he built his wealth through real estate and was always inspired by that. And then fast forward, stay-at-home mom, had three kids, and we ended up traveling abroad for um, three months. And I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I love this experience for our family and for our kids, and I'd love to be able to give them more of this. And so I thought, well, I'm going to get my real estate license when I come back. So I got my real estate license just thinking maybe I'll sell one house a year that would get us on a trip abroad. And then one house just kind of snowballed into like, Five and then 12 and then before I knew it um, selling you know last year I think I sold 68 homes on my my own 50 million in real estate production so kind of turned into a lot more than I was expecting we've done a lot of investing as well so it's been to me it's just been an exciting journey it's been fun yeah. not expected for sure but um, I've, I've loved every every minute of it yeah it uh, it's addictive I, I, agree. I think it, it I is know. addictive it is funny too how many people uh, like you, you, even me, it was like, hey, that wasn't the plan. Real estate right. wasn't the plan. And, yeah. and I think that's a common theme yeah. and uh, people are generally in it because they love it. They love what it does, does for them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it was, it, most people don't start out saying, oh, I'm going right. to go get into real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's one of those things that if you love it, you love it. And if you don't, you don't, there's yeah. usually not an in-between at <laughs> right. all right. with people. Um, now you focus primarily on the Treasure Valley market uh, yes. located in Idaho, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And did you cover any other parts of Idaho or is it principally I mean, here? The mountain regions, so like McCall, Donnelly, yeah. Tamarack, those areas, but most of it's just Ada County. I'd say specializing a lot in Eagle in Boise. I sell a lot of luxury real estate in those areas, kind of are the East End, North End, Eagle locations and also, a lot of those clients are also investors, so I have a lot of investor clients that yeah. are buying multifamily and commercial real estate as well. Yeah. Now, I I think that this is an important point and one that is so good to talk about right now because up until you know the last uh, few months, Boise was at the number one chart every single year yes. for the fastest growing right. appreciation, um, incomes, things like that. So why don't you tell everybody what's happened here in the Treasure Valley and why it's it, it had always been making those top lists, right. what that meant for real estate, people in it. And I know a lot of people that are in other parts of the country, whether it's Vegas or Phoenix and some mm-hmm. of these fast growing mm-hmm. markets, they mm-hmm. can relate to it. And a right. lot of people that aren't in fast growing markets I think they don't understand on the upside or the downside kind of what that looks like. So why don't you right. explain a little about what's gone on in the last few years? 
So essentially, this this last year we're seeing the market leveling out. It's it's becoming um, a lot because of a lot more inventory. We have 110 percent more inventory than we did last year, with less wow. with less people relocating here. Um, we just have a lot more homes on the market, so a lot more options for buyers. And with the rates increasing, you know, in the seven percent right now and, and above, we're seeing some hesitation from buyers just kind of hold almost it's been like a holding pattern like they're not sure yeah. should they buy should they not um i don't think that you can you know the market is something we don't have control over but you yeah. there are deals out there still i would say that we're still seeing things you know selling i mean i just closed on a 3.2 million dollar house on friday so it depends on your clientele like in the luxury market for me i'm seeing a lot of luxury homes still buying yeah. and selling because a lot of cash buyers exactly cash buyers and they're they're not if they want it they buy it so um, those properties are still selling and and honestly I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for buyers investors um, there's a lot more options there's ways to get sellers to do some buy down on the rates and also help with closing costs so we're seeing opportunity I think it's just a matter of how you how you look at it because yeah. for me it, it, to, I'm excited I think there's there's going to be a lot of great things to come in this year and the next year and um, working with a lot of investors that have been trying so hard to get some get properties and then oh, it's like 100%. you're just fighting yeah fighting and paying too much for a property and so now i feel like there's going to be some really great oh, opportunity yeah I, i've been saying that for a while like if you're getting into the game this is the best time yeah, ever because right. you know we move from uh, the i mean what how many like as far as inventory goes like last year let's take in in the Treasure Valley, but if I was trying to get in the game a year ago, mm-hmm. what was the landscape like in areas like this and other parts of the uh, country? Like, what did that look like for an investor or someone trying to get Yeah, in? it was pretty crazy. I mean, I know even for us personally, we were trying to, to purchase a, an apartment downtown. And so my own experience, I mean, there was, I, I want to say, 10 offers on an apartment. And um, cash buyers, there were it was it was extremely competitive. I think we paid one hundred fifty thousand over asking, which is kind of crazy for an investment property. Um, but at the time, it was like we need to find something. We had to do a ten thirty one exchange. It was yeah. just kind of the situation we were in, and I still feel like it was a it was a good deal. I I, I wouldn't have bought it if it wasn't going to cash flow. But in now moving forward, I feel like there's there's not that sense of like I've got to decide in this exact moment nine one one. You know, yes, get get this figured out today. You have a little time to process, breathe, run yeah. the numbers, and make sure you're you're in a good place. Hundred percent. I I mean, when in the last few years, and we saw this ever in every single aspect of storage or uh, real estate, it, in uh, storage, commercial, it, like it didn't matter how big or how small. Right. It was just so competitive, mm-hmm. and there were so many people chasing the deal that I feel like if you're new and you've never gotten into real estate, that's the time where you have the most questions yeah. and the most risk from a standpoint of there's the more things that you don't know, sure. right? You, so you don't yes. even know what to ask. So you, you want to take your time. You want to get mm-hmm. to know it. And that was not a market that was conducive for people that right. couldn't make quick decisions, mm-hmm. could understand value, what their purchasing was. Uh, I feel like a lot of people had no patience for that. right? It was, we're not going to entertain. We're not even going to look at it where, like you said, now just sellers now expectations have changed Yes, and conversations are being had where they weren't six months ago. Right. So, I mean, you could list a, you know, 1.6, $1.8 million house and you'd have it sold over the weekend where typically, you know, three to five years ago, that might take six months to a year to sell. Yeah. So then you're, you're having that 
that new expectation of things are just going to fly off the shelves. We're going to have multiple offers. We're not going to have to do any concessions. And now this year listing, it's trying to set expectations with sellers of like, they're going to look at your house where, you know, last year maybe there was three three homes in that price point for available for 1.8. Now there may be 75 homes. So they're going to look at that one. They're going to go and see what the competition is. Oh, I like this one a little bit better. And then it, you're just, it's a lot harder to get that exact buyer that you're looking, that wants your property. So we're just seeing things taking longer days on market, having to be realistic with maybe the offer is not going to be full price and that they're going to have to make adjustments on concessions. But um, even even today, I mean, when you think about how much gain and profit they've, you know, we've made essentially in the last two to three years, it's hard to, even at yeah. the prices we're getting right now, I mean, it, it's still a great market to sell or buy, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. It, people are like, yeah, I've, I, I heard that your market, you know, it's like down like 10%. And I'm like, oh, so it's down 50% of the gains right. that we had in the first <laughs> part of the year. Right. Like, I mean, it's, you know, right. it, it, lot, yeah. got to right. look at it in right. the broader spectrum right. here because just because it's down one year, right, that's really in comparison because prior to that, I mean, we were getting over the last three years, I mean, what was the average increase in house, housing? Like what was it going on? I mean, doubling, we've, we've, you know, properties I know for us, it's like we bought our pro our property. I want to say it was like 300,000 and it ended up probably close to like 1.6 last year. I mean, just that yeah. much gain in, in the course of, you know, eight years. And that would take in some, some areas that would never happen. Number yeah. One. yeah. It <laughs> would literally never you happen. You own your you house for 30 years that. and you never have that much increase. So we're definitely seeing a crazy amount of of profit gain, and 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 um, right now I think it's just having the real the realistic of like people have to sell and they've got to go buy something. But re there's a lot more to options today. Whereas that was another issue with sellers two two years ago is they'd sell and they're like, what am I going to do? What like, am I going to do? I can't yeah, get in this market. Like yeah. it's going to be. I'm going to have to fight for something. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find something. So I do think that it's giving people a chance to like you said pause. Take take a moment to be like, what do I really want? What opportunities are out there? So, I I think it, I'm encouraged with with, for me like the market's still a lot of opportunity and and there's still a lot happening. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I, I this is a really important thing. I think a lot of people are so burned by 2008. They think oh, housing prices are going down. That means they're going to collapse. That's not how it works. And right. having markets pause and not go up 25% a year is actually a very good thing. Right. And that's normal because right. it's unsustainable if it doesn't, yes. and that causes bigger problems. Right. right. And so I think that right now, uh, a lot of people, especially first time, either home buyers or investors, yeah. they're now being gripped with a lot more fear. Yeah. And it's, you know, I try to tell people, step back, right? Mm -hmm. Look at the whole picture yeah. and what you're trying to accomplish. And when we're talking like investments, like you said, you're like, I paid this, but it cash flows, right? Well, then for, you know, how we look at how I tell people, focus on the cash flow, don't focus on the appreciation. Right. People get so starry-eyed when they hear things yeah. like, you know, I mean, same with our house. We built it for 400000 dollars um all in land everything and then you know five years later <laughs> right. it was 1.3 million right, right? right. so that and people are like wow that's incredible yeah. like, but yeah. it's like that is the exception right. it shouldn't be the rule right. and what goes up does come down yes and as long as you're cash flowing yeah you get out of the fluctuations in the market right. like we don't expect appreciation to make it work Right, mm -hmm. we expect the cash flow to make it work, yeah. and then appreciation is the cherry on top over the totally. long term. Yeah. And when you get in market cycles like we're in now, 
what's happening is you they people view it as appreciation rate is coming down, but cash flow is now going up because it's we may have more houses on the market um, that are coming up, but a lot of that has to do with we we lost so many buyers. Right. It's not that they don't need somewhere to live. This right. is important. Right. They need somewhere to live. They just can't afford it at a seven and a half percent interest exactly. rate. So yeah. as far as like rents and things like that going on in the Valley, um, from what I'm seeing in, in the nation as a whole, I'm, we're not seeing right. like major contractions in rental rates. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing that they're fairly sturdy and that, uh, the renter basis, right? For the most part, it's still there. Are you yeah. seeing the same thing? I would say, yeah, I agree with that. There, We had like the highest rent increase in the nation, I, I believe last year. So yeah. we're, we've kind of sustained, you know, that to me, to me, like we, we have rentals and we haven't had any issues. And if anything, I mean, we've had rent increases even like this year. So yes. I wouldn't say that um, that's on the decline. And I, And ultimately, like you said, I agree with you in the sense that you can't time the market, but you can time the deal. And so in any market, it's just evaluating whether or not, if you can find a way to get creative and find a way to have the seller help out with the rate or, and we've done that on quite a few, um, this year where it's like they put 21,000 instead of deducting it from the price, they put it towards their buy down. And now they're, they're in a great, they didn't have to fight for it. They got a great price. It's a gorgeous home. They never would have been able to get two years ago or even last year. So, um, we are seeing, seeing things like that that are just getting creative. Yeah. That's all across the board in, in commercial real estate. Creativity is just trumping mm-hmm. everything. We're like our deal flow has gone up massively at deals we're seeing. Right. And we're able to, it's, it's just so nice because we can actually talk to sellers now yeah, about the right. deal. Well, right. how can we get this done? How can yeah. we make this work for both parties yeah. where it's not like the seller's like, this is this crazy price right. stuff it. I'm not going to talk to you about anything. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, that was the environment it. prior. Right. Yeah. Um, now we can have a reasonable conversation. Yes. I need to actually see what the rent is. Yeah. Um, and we can't just make up numbers here. We got to think through it. And, uh, sellers are willing to now do that, have the conversation and that's a normal market, right? right. That's, that's how the markets should actually function. Um, so I think that we are hitting a pause. Um, and I think in my standpoint, we think it's going to go on for a while. So I think that, uh, the, the overall slowdown, right. For a while, we don't see in real estate, as far as like the housing and stuff, cratering in certain markets, but it still is very market specific, right? Real estate, right. especially when you're dealing with, um, renters, uh, it's, it's very market right. specific and yeah. driven. Yeah. Do you see the pullback continuing through the next year in what, what do you see? Do you see there to be a softening in rates that can be achieved and charged as far as rental rates go? And as far as the pricing standpoint goes, is inventory still increasing? Um, what are your thoughts on that? That's a good question. I honestly, part of me feels like there's going to be a lot of sellers that don't have to sell that are probably going to pull their houses off the market in the next, yeah. next, you know, three to six months. So it right now to me feels like a really great time to buy because there's, there is a lot of inventory. There's a lot of options. And I think if people pull back that don't have to sell, they might kind of wait and, and hold off and be like, Oh, wait till the spring, see what's happening or hold off for a year and see what's happening. So as a buyer, I would say while there's a lot of inventory, 
you know, a lot of people are waiting to see what's going to happen, but then unknown, like no one has a crystal ball to know what's going to happen. We, all we know is today. Yeah. So if there is um, a deal out there right now that looks like could could work, I would definitely say it's a time to jump on it. Um, Cause that's always one thing is like, if anything, it's like buy real estate and wait, you can always yeah. wait if it's, and, and that's probably, I've always had regret on not buying home, you know, a property versus buying something and be like, Oh, you know, I, I wish I wouldn't have bought this. It's, it's it all for me personally, it's always the other way around. I'm like, why did I not buy that? Yeah. You know, when I had a chance to negotiate or I had a chance to get that, that price down or so I do think there's going to be some hesitation. I've seen hesitation in buyers, but I'm also seeing people that are confident in real estate. I mean, the, honestly, the people in my clients that are the most successful are the ones that are willing to take risk always. Yeah. I mean, real estate equals risk. It's like, if you're willing to take a risk, there will be a reward. So it's just kind of a matter of, of what, where you're at, where people are at, what their tolerance level is, their risk tolerance and um, timing, you know, what, what timing works. But yeah. I do think there's going to be less inventory is my, my yeah. thought. Yeah. I, uh, I'd agree with that. I think the, the pricing um, or the liabilities on the houses, the debt, uh, the vast majority 99% of everybody is fixed in at such a low debt. We have not seen, and you know, when we talk about the market, I think it's important for people to understand there's two sides of the market, right? You have the market is in the buying and the selling of assets, mm -hmm. right? But then you have the market of the assets themselves and like what they do, like right. do they generate income? Right. And when you're dealing with houses, the people that own the homes, are they okay? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that when you look at that side of it, yeah. it's still very solid. Very the, all these yeah. people that, own their homes as far as a comparison of affordability mm -hmm. right it's they don't need to move right so we're having uh income is increasing right they've purchased at a very cheap rate mm -hmm. and they could afford it then yeah and their incomes are still going up we're not having mass job losses we haven't started to see that uh, yet. And so their affordability is actually getting better for those that own the homes. Yeah. So th right. there isn't this pressure. It's not like, Oh no, the interest rates changed. I own a home. I now have to get rid of it. That's not yeah. how this is it's working. It's yeah. not like right. in 2008, that's right. what happened. Yeah. I got it at 3% because they gave me a short term interest rate or a floating interest rate. Mm -hmm. And now it's up at six or seven yeah. because of how the market was working. And now I'm default. And there was no, there was no equity at that point. So it's yes. like when people were getting their, their loans, they had hundred percent, 95% loans to these houses. And as the market was leveling, leveling out and, and declining, it's like they owed more on their home than they were worth. So Right now, we are nowhere near that, obviously, because so many people have mass amount of equity in their homes. And so we're not in a situation where it's like they owe yeah. more in their home than their home is worth. So that's that's the positive. That's exactly what you're saying, that, you know, they're not in a situation where they have to sell. And that can make inventory very tight. So mm -hmm. we have an inventory problem in the United States. And this is one of the underlying arguments um, for why, uh, first of all, the housing restructuring or the housing correction that people are saying, you know, well, just because, first of all, I think it's very important to say, just because prices go up or down does not mean you're having a collapse. It doesn't mean you're having a crash. Right. The, the idea that prices always goes up is ridiculous. Like that's not how markets function. That's not how they work right. in the long term. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. But to say 
okay, we've been getting 25% increases. And this year we had negative 3% on the equity or the prices, right, mm -hmm. of the houses. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we're in a crash. That doesn't mean the assets are in trouble, right? Any of those things. So yeah, I, I try to first eliminate the paranoid talk. Yeah, we need to right. look at reality uh, of the situation. The big thing that we have going on in the United States is we have a supply issue. Mm -hmm. Um we have inventory rising and you see these headlines where you're like, inventory is doubled. And I always say, okay, but it's doubled compared to last year. But what is it on a historical average? Yeah. Well, we're still half of what is normal. Right. So yeah. we, we literally needed to double like again and maybe mm -hmm. again mm -hmm. to even get to a normal inventory mm -hmm. level. And so then you say, well, are we going to have that many sellers? Right. And where's that inventory going to come from? It's going to come from people selling well, then where are they moving? What are they doing? And it's going to come from home builders. Well, the interest rates rising is shutting down home builders. Yeah, so definitely. we're going to see a lot less inventory hitting the market. Right. Uh, and then if people don't need to sell, we're going to see less inventory coming onto the market. And I think that's going to create this like stabilization point where people still have to live in homes. Yeah. I think that you could still have rental rate increases, even in a stagnant market, be going up. And that happens you have investors, right? Yes. So I looking at, especially in the area like Boise, which we're extremes compared mm -hmm. to the rest of the nation. Yeah. We go big up, we go big down. Right. And the fact that we're not seeing more of an adjustment, that's honestly kind of shocking to me, considering we were listed the most, uh, uh, the most unaffordable market in the United States, <laughs> the fastest growing market, right? right? Like everything we were always hitting because of just housing prices and what they did. Uh, we haven't even retreated by a year yet in right. housing costs of an unprecedented five years. Um, that to me is kind of shocking. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. And I do think it's like even asking the question, do you see more people or less people moving to Idaho yes. in the next three to five years? And so if, if, if the answer is yes, you know, I do think people have that have moved here do love it and there are there's going to be more people moving then I think you have to consider that prices are going to continue to go, go up. hundred percent. Those trends uh, go up and down, but they don't go away. Right. And so when we look at these great migrations that are taking place, the California migration, the migrations out of the Northeast, the key is, okay, if the migration is stopping, why? So they're like, okay, migration's slowing down. Well, yeah, that's because people can't afford to buy new homes or whatnot. But then that is a pricing problem, but that's not a migratory problem. Meaning that that you're not taking away the exactly. reason people are leaving exactly. and the re reason people are moving. Right. It may have slowed it down because not as many people that want to have the option too. Mm -hmm. But that we look at those long-term trends and we look at cities that have infrastructure. Yeah. We look at what they're offering, the quality of life, why all of these people are making these big moves. Like it's surprise Arizona, we're doing a development and it's a big one. And I had somebody uh, last week on one of our calls like, AJ, aren't, aren't you so nervous about this? Like, you know, what's going to happen? Like, this development that we have is like 30% of the inventory for our product needed on the market. Yeah, It's the fastest growing market uh, in all of Arizona. One of the fastest growing in the entire United States. Yeah. Um, and... I look at it and I go, I, I can't think short term like that. Right. Uh, short term, it's still incredible, but long term, right? It's beyond incredible. It's it's not even 
uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy, right? Yes. It's so good. And, and I think a lot of investors, yeah. people, they look at that. That's really important to totally. them. So yes. the capital that's flowing and the people that are flowing, right, it's going to come. So and now, anyone that's been in other markets like Austin and they've been in other markets, mm-hmm. they, when they, they get it because they've they seen it. it. So I think from our standpoint is all we know is what we know yes. here. But if you're, if you have people that are coming in from other areas, they have a different perspective coming in and yeah. they've seen the growth in the areas they've been. And so they, I think they have the vision to be able to see where things are heading. Yes. So. It's, you're exactly right. When you, when they're looking at it being like, Austin's like, yeah, we, Boise, we were you 20 years ago. Exactly. And they're like, yeah. those investors are like, you're going to be us in 20 years. Yeah. Well, what does that look like right. to rental rates, home prices? What does that look like in 20 years, infrastructure, everything else? And when you're making a good investors make long-term decisions. Exactly. And they uh, cap and they limit their ability for short-term losses mm-hmm. so that they can survive in any economic condition and they're going to win over the long-term. That's how everyone yes. should invest, yes. period. Because yeah. like yeah. we buy deals when markets are up, when they're down, yeah. when they're sideways. Yeah. We don't time markets, yeah. right? We find markets that are good. Right. And then we look, like you said, which I loved, you can control the deal. Mm-hmm. So when I, if I'm looking at a deal, I love the market. I love the market. And it seems scary, but I'm like, okay, this hits all my numbers, my cash yes. flow, everything else. Yeah. The big fear on interest rates, I can do it with the interest rates. I can lock in that liability and adjust it down when the time comes. Why right. wouldn't I do that deal? Exactly. Yeah. And in, now there's some markets, obviously, that that doesn't <laughs> make sense to. But, right. but that's that long-term vision. And real estate is a long game. It is. It's, it's a long game. It just game. is. I mean, you look at everyone that, you know, you, and that's why I'm like, you always wish, ten, you know, everyone's always like, I wish I would have bought a year ago, 10 yeah. years ago. That's always a conversation you have. Always. So it, it, and if that, that speaks volumes with real estate. Is, well, think about all the people after <laughs> right. 2008 that were right. like, I'm just going to wait for the next market crash. Exactly. I, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I had that conversation. I, when we were building our home, it was like 2000. 13 or something like that or 12 and everybody's like what are you doing you're crazy you're building this nice home and we're in a real estate crisis prices are going to come back down and i'm like i'm not trying to time these short-term things this is what i want the affordability is insane yeah it's a great thing this area holds its value right and that just always pays off it does pay off yeah and and with risk there's there's rewards so it's like if you're willing to take a little risk but and even like you said, your your deal that you bought, you're like, I paid for it. And you, you may even say, I overpaid for that. It's cash flowing. Yeah. Well, then what risk do you have? Exactly. And I mean, honestly, equity-wise, we're in a great situation. So it's it it was better than, than expected. But I think in the moment, I was like, this is crazy. Like, I don't know why I'm doing this. But it ended up working out. So, and and if it, I think if you wait long enough, no matter what, you're going to, you're going to get, you're going to be fine. Yeah. And, and, as, and with our, with the rentals, I mean, ultimately, I agree with you. If you can cash flow and you're you're in a good positive situation, then when the market gets back up, you can always ten thirty one into something different or exactly. another deal Bigger, comes up. You can yeah refinance, pull your money out exactly. tax free. Right. I mean, you're the whole point of real estate is that it pays you while the market makes your deal worth a lot of money. Exactly. And if you think about it like that, then obviously in down markets, it's better just because it expands the upside that you can capture mm-hmm. from the top. Mm-hmm. But if you're thinking like that, you're getting paid to wait. Be right. happy with that. Right. That's the whole point of it, right? And then let the market do its thing and just make sure that you're buying and you're making those decisions 
in a way that the the economic wave benefits you, it doesn't hurt you. Mm-hmm. Like I see people that will go and invest in areas like when, so for example, when I was buying real estate in Boise, when we were building mm-hmm. and it was like 2010, people were going to like Detroit and they were spending $20,000 to buy a house, right? right? And I mean, that was like a big thing. <laughs> yeah. And and they're like, what are you doing? You're in this market buying yeah. these, this bigger house or this, you're paying more. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I'm buying in a market that's a good market yeah. that over the long run, right, will be beneficial. You're banking on the area and the market. Exactly. exactly. It'll pay yeah. me to hold it. Totally. Those deals that were $20,000, they're still $20,000. Exactly. And, and that's the point. The equity, like what we've done here is incredible. Yeah. And it, I, I just don't think that people realize the amount of opportunity we've already had and will, I, I believe, continue to have. I think things are leveling out. It's not going to look the same. And... But the people that see it and are willing to say, like, they're along for the long ride, there's going to be return for sure. Do you Have you seen a demand? So people calling you guys to invest, to buy, what has been the change in that? Are people nervous? Are you seeing uh, people pull back? That's a good question. We have a, a real estate investment group, which I, we had you speak yep. at, which was great. And, you know, dealing with higher net worth clients that have a lot of multifamily apartments. And I would say the majority of them do, honestly, if it's a, if it's a deal that, that works, they're still, they're still always looking. I mean, I, I would say they're always looking in every, every market. Um, maybe not as aggressively, like in a frantic, you know, before I, I feel like even last year it was just like this sense of urgency. Frantic is a good word. And word. now it's more of like a calm kind of keep me posted if you see anything, still looking, um, but not, not feeling like they need to do it today. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good way to put it. It was frantic. It's not anymore. And if you're trying to attract buyers, if you're trying to attract investors, you now have to have a reason. Yeah. And you know, um, I, uh, I was, I can't remember, but, but I, it, Cheap money makes cheap investors. Mm. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the, like yeah, it's, and it's really true. It's like, you know, the investors that all go away when the money isn't cheap, I'm like, wait, it's, are you that sensitive, right? Is mm-hmm. it that one? Mm-hmm. I think what's happening now is if you're trying to get investors and you're trying to sell a deal, you're trying to make it happen, right? It's, there's not those cheap investors aren't there that are just going to throw money at anything. So that means you have to actually be prepared to tell the story. Right. And there has to be a reason. Yeah. So that is a big change for people when there wasn't a reason. It was just throw it out and you're going to get the highest price you've ever seen. Yeah, Um, exactly. (laughs) But not that that's good. Yeah. Uh, So now it's like, yeah, when you're making your investment decisions and your buy decisions, when you want to get investors, Why? What's the reason? What? Where is this going? Like, yeah. if you can't really provide a good reason outside the fact that real estate goes up, you're not going to get buyers. You're not going to get investors. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Right. Yeah. And I think like the flippers, you know, we had a lot of people that were yeah. buying properties and flipping them and you could do quick turnarounds. I definitely think there's more caution there, obviously. Yes. Um, the longer, the longer games of like the rental properties, there's... There's always a need and, and you know, location-based, like we tend to always try to buy stuff like close to downtown yep. um, or on the bench, like close to the university because it just feels very safe and yes. easy and uh, they're always rented. So it, it goes back to kind of different people's level of, of 
risk and what they're willing to do. But I work with a lot of amazing investors. I've learned so much from them. And, you know, they they are coming out of other markets and they they play very smart. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, they're 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 definitely I wouldn't say not buying, but exactly what you said. They're just making sure it's a it it, it makes sense. Yeah. And uh, overall, that should make markets better. Um, it should make products better. It should make investment dollars are going to the best use of capital. Right. And that's what we want to see, right? That's what you want to see in a city. You want to see yeah. that investment dollars are going to the best use exactly. of the property, of the capital, and that that makes better outcomes and better uh, uh, better overall communities, right? You mm -hmm. want to see that if a flipper is buying a house that they're not going to be like, I don't need to even do anything and the price will be more. I can just flip it yeah. or I'll throw some paint. On. You want to see that they're saying, okay, I'm actually going to do a great job and make a good product. Exactly. That's great. That's yes. what, you, what yes. we want. Like, yes. uh, you know, I think sometimes people give flippers uh, a, a bad name and I'm like, okay, but if they're not doing it, then who's making the product I better? <laughs> like, and I, we've done it ourselves. So yeah, I mean, absolutely. we've done lots of, if, if I'm always up for, always up for the challenge. It's like, yeah. if there's a deal out there and yeah, I would even do it today. If it was like, there's a, a, that seems like a good option. Like, let's turn it around. I would still do it. hundred percent. Yeah. It's just, it's a matter of like, if the margins are there and it makes sense, yeah. then I, I would, I would not be afraid to do it today at all. No, no, not at all. Mm -mm. Um, and it too, the nice thing about even that is you're buying a property that is usually a little more distressed. Well, in times like today, those properties are adversely hit on the pricing side. Exactly. Right. So then yeah. all of a sudden you're getting your basis, which is really important mm -hmm. when you're flipping or even investment properties, but you get your basis lower, you improve it. Even if you couldn't flip it at a higher amount with rental rates being stable, yeah. you can now rent it out exactly. where the, the basis to give you a comparison, if you had that nicer house, you didn't fix it up, right? Um, it was, or you didn't fix it up. You didn't do anything. And it was a lower end house. Your rental basis on it would be really low, mm -hmm. which then uh, affects the value. Mm -hmm. But then to be a flipper, say, we're going to improve it. We're going to make everything nice and then we'll flip it. But then you can't. And now you have to go out to rent it. Right. You can rent it at a higher basis. Right. Yeah. So now all of a sudden your spread on that investment is better. Totally. And those are all the things you need to be looking at, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if I can't exit on an equity, yeah. do I have an option on a cash flow. Right. And uh, it's times like this that those are actually better. What, what you see is the exit doesn't look as good right now. Yeah. But yeah. the entrance looks very good. I agree. I think that's a really great point. Yeah. And I we've and I that is a one a one great way to time a deal too and to know like okay, if if I can't flip it, will I be okay renting it? Yes. And if if I can get away with renting it, then I'm great. I can always relist it when I want to, but it's like if you can make sure the numbers work either way, you've got a safe investment for sure. Exactly. And sometimes it will do that even with properties where we have Airbnbs too, where it does, you know, you make more with Airbnbs. So if it, even if yeah. your payment's going to be a little higher on it with, with the rentage you need to do, you're still going to cash flow. So what are you seeing with Airbnbs? Like do you, are communities, uh, communities, especially nicer communities, newer communities, right? Thinking about um, the Southeast, Mm -hmm. thinking about some like Texas and the Southwest where you have growing new, newer communities that have a lot of HOAs, things yeah, like that. Are they right. pushing back on the Airbnbs? Is that getting harder? Like what do you need to look out for that? Yeah. And what are your concerns with Airbnbs and the future right now? 
Well, I would, I mean, all of ours are in areas without HOAs, so we haven't had okay. to deal with that. So, like, we're at North End and um, different areas on the bench. But I would say a lot of, even clients I have that are in HOAs, whether it be in Meridian or some of them are really strict about not having any Airbnbs. But I'm also really surprised at how many, how many don't uh, mind. So, yeah. um, I've had clients that have have gone that route and they've been really successful. They're it's been a great opportunity for them to be able to they're not quite ready to move here, but they know that's their long term goal, but yeah. they need to get their house sold or they need to finish retiring, you know, retire and then they'll eventually move here. So I think it's been a good option for people that are like, we know we eventually want to be in, in Boise, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah. They can still come and visit. They can still have it, it be able to cash flow. And so it I think it's a great it's a great option. And we tra- when we traveled around the world, we stayed in Airbnbs all over. Yeah. So for our family, it was such a it was so it was so nice to be in a home, be able to cook a meal together. Oh, I love Airbnbs. And yeah, so, much so I think it's like I, I got four kids. Like to go <laughs> exactly. get like two hotel rooms or three <laughs> exactly. hotel rooms. Like, no, right. let's just all be together. And it's just nice. You have a living room and you have yeah. So I see it as also providing a service. It's it's a great service for families and for any anyone that yeah. wants to try, you know, even working remotely, it's quiet. So I've loved, I've loved having them and I think it's, I, we love staying in them too. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. I love that opportunity too. It's like, okay, I, I'd love to move there. Right. But mm-hmm. I can't make it work right now. I can't do anything, but I have an opportunity. So, all right, I'll go buy it. We can Airbnb it. It'll cash flow Great. It'll help pay down the debt. It'll exactly. be a great investment. And then when I'm ready to make the move, I thought that's a great thing to do. And like, you know, doing like McCall and things like that, where you got these mountain towns is really nice when you're like, geez, I would love to have a cabin in 15 years up there, but I don't know if I'll be able to afford it then. And so, well, buy it, run it out, Airbnb, let the tenants pay down your debt for your future cabin. Um, I think that's just an awesome And they stay nice. You know, when we've had, as compared to rentals, I mean, people take really good care of them. And yes. they, so it's kind of, an, and it, plus they're furnished. So if you're coming into town, you actually have somewhere you can stay yourself. Yeah. So yeah, it works out. It works out really great. Yeah, people take better care of Airbnbs than rentals I by will far. Say, they yes. slam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Airbnb, it's like you're in there. There's no questioning. It's right. like there's letter, uh, lesser uh, wear and tear you can get, get on it as long as nobody comes and does something crazy. Yeah. But even then, you're covered, right? You yeah, we've had no, we've never had really any issues with ours, so it's been it's been a great experience. Yeah, yeah. that's that's awesome. Uh, seasonality. Let's talk about that. We are now entering into the winter months. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of uh, changes coming up. We have mm-hmm. elections. We have um, inflation. Right. We have interest rates. What are you seeing uh, right now over the next uh, six months? Um, as a lookout overall for, uh, we can talk about principally to like the treasure Valley, these faster growing markets. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you reading? What are you understanding? What are people talking about, mm-hmm. um, with that trend, particularly in the short term? Because it, for anybody that lives maybe like in Florida or Southern California, yeah. right. Seasonality is a, a big deal for Northern states in general. People don't like to move. When exactly. It's yeah. When it's, it's never, it's always usually a little slower, although, Fall tends to be, once people get back in school, it does pick up. And it's been, I've had, like, October's been one of my busiest months this whole year, which is random. So it's been busy. But I will say, in general, we're seeing things leveling out, slowing down. Um, I do think this winter is going to be a little slower and going into January and February and and next year, for sure. Um, And and it, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of unknowns. I will, I will say that. And I do think as an agent, you know, we have a ton of realtors in Boise. We've had a lot of people get their license in the last two years. And this is kind of the part where 
it's like preparing for if things slow down, like where are you at? How are you pivoting in a moment to be like, okay. And I think for me, and I love this investors group I have because I, it's a lot of my luxury clients that are investors and especially in the winter, just I would say in general is where we, we usually will buy something during the winter because it tends to be, a, there's a good deal out there. Yes. Right? It tends yes. to, when we'll buy something like a, a rental property or something will come up and I'm like, oh, this is a good deal. We could fix it up during the winter and it's it's a little bit slower. So it's a great time to do it. So I'm kind of excited for that. I'm hoping that in the next six months there might be some good deals. Yeah. Yeah. Me me too. I'm planning (laughs) on it big time. As someone starting out, um, well, actually first, before starting out, uh, how, as a, as someone in the business, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not owning the assets. So as Mm -hmm. a realtor, as somebody, how are, what do you need to do to be successful in times like this? Okay. We're moving into seasonality. People are back in school, slows yeah. down anyways, right? Gets colder in there is that it gets colder, it slows down, but then you have the interest rate and all these other things. What, what do you do to make yourself stand out? Like how do you become, yeah. how do you make sure you're successful even in this environment? I mean, I think it comes back to like, what, what am I doing to educate my clients? Number one, and, and to provide them with opportunities as they come up and, and, Sometimes, like you said, there is this sense of nervousness because a lot of it is the unknown and what they're hearing on the media. And it's so I think the more information gives them a better, better understanding and then they can make decisions based on that. And then leaning into your strengths. So it's like if, if you enjoy working with first time buyers, like, you know, find a way that, that it's going to work to help them out and show yes. them like, here's how we can get you a good, a good deal, a good price right now. And here's maybe how we can have the buy down. And then, like for me, I mean, I think the luxury business, we're, we're still seeing clients buying and selling in that price point. But then starting this investors group on the side has been really fun because it's an opportunity to look for deals that are maybe off market. And, and I've had a lot of clients that I'm able to like find off market properties for yeah. and just show how we can bring a service to them really yeah. ultimately. Yeah, I love that. You're um, uh, adjusting to the market conditions and finding the opportunities. Uh, that's what good investors do. That's what we do. Our fund that's opening up, right? It's an opportunistic fund. Exactly. So we're going out and saying, there's deals to be had. We need to adjust to capture that mm-hmm. quality mm-hmm. and to capture uh, that opportunity. So we're we're going to move and we're going to try to take advantage of it while we mm-hmm. can. We don't know how long it'll last. Yes. Um, but uh, we're, we're going to move. So now as a first time investor, mm-hmm. so I want to go out, I want to buy my first rental property, my uh, Airbnb what are things that they should be looking out for mm. to make sure that they don't get hit, that they're not doing something, they're not making a bad decision, buying a bad property yeah. in times when you do need to be more careful, totally. right? Yeah. And you don't want to get stuck with something bad right now because mm-hmm. right now the market's not bailing everybody out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you could make really, really bad decisions over the last three years and still make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I try to reiterate to people, the market is not bailing you out for bad decisions right now. Yeah. So true. Make sure you don't make any, right? You mm-hmm. still, yes, move forward. Mm-hmm. But as mm-hmm. a first time investor, yeah. what are key things that they should be looking out for? And I right now have these these clients that he retired early. He was a he has some some money to work with and he's kind of in that place where he's like, I want to keep my eyes out for something. And so for me, first of all, it's just kind of looking at like what their goals are long-term goals. What is your goal? Why, why do you want to invest? What, what is your, are you looking for a short-term like year thing? Are you looking for a 10 year, 20 year? Like what's your plan? So kind of finding out out of the gate, like what their goals are and then helping adjust. Um, I'm big on location always because I feel like 
location is everything. And um, then also just making sure that it's going to cash flow. So putting 25 to 30% down as a, as a non-owner and occupied is, is definitely a, a bare minimum. So if they can put more down, they're obviously going to be able to like, be better off with the cash flow. Um, but when we bought our first rental property, I remember my husband, his grandma died and we inherited like $50,000. And it was like, I mean, that was a big like life change for us. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, what are we going to do? We could buy a new car. You know, you start thinking about that. And I was like, we need to buy our first rental. And when we bought this rental, I mean, it was like, it was kind of, I think in 2009. So it was like prices were up, but it, we just knew it was like, we have to do something with this or it's going to just sit in the bank. And so I think we went in the whole like $200 a month to buy that first rental and we just were did we just got renters in, but we knew in the long game. I mean, it was what we play the long game. We still have it now. We actually turned that into one of our Airbnbs, but it was a it was an amazing investment. But it was a little um, tough in the first probably year or two, and we knew that going in. But we were willing to do it. We knew it's like this is going to be a sacrifice, but yeah. it's their only way to get our foot in the door. We this is all we have to put down, so we had to you know make it make it work. But I will say, you have to know your finances, and you have to know that you can afford it. And if there's not a renter in there one month, are you going to be okay? If there's, if it, do you, does it have to be an Airbnb? What happens if you don't have a rented for you know, three months? Are you going to be okay? So you have to, it's like, you almost have to play that devil's advocate of like, what, what options, what do I have if, yes. if I can't if, get this rent that I'm saying? And obviously like when you work a deal, you know, they have projected rents and monthly rents. And I'm always like, we have a property manager we get a second opinion on and we kind of run the numbers based on an Airbnb of like, 70% occupancy. So it's not like we're going off of 90% occupancy. Yes. So I I tend to be a little bit more conservative because I don't ever want a client to feel like they they have to have all the information and then feel confident about the decision they're going to make. So yes. I've never walked away from a deal and felt like, okay, they, you know, they went into that unknowingly or they went into that and it's not a good situation or, you know, I have to sleep at night knowing that I've done everything in my part to feel like, yes, this feels like a solid investment. And yeah. It's going to be a positive thing for your future. I, I love that. We do the same thing. We literally yesterday just run through properties, right? We're stress testing. We're seeing where we land right. So underwriting, you know, it's 15%, uh, you know, plus vacancy. We're not getting rental rate increases. Mm -hmm. And like for us, it's uh, the buying decision is also an understanding and accepting of what is the bad outcome. Exactly. That is not yeah. controllable. Yeah. And being okay with that mm -hmm. and understanding too is, okay, what is our move? Like if this occurs, we need to be watching, making sure. Mm -hmm. And if this does happen, okay, then what, 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 move? Do? what, what, yeah. what do we do? Yeah. Right. And, uh, um, I think that's, uh, that's, we, we love looking at investments for the upside. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it makes so much money. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. cash flowing. Yeah. Right. Nobody wants to focus on the downside at yeah. all. And that's really bad as an investor. You should always be looking yeah, at that. You because have to. They're never, if, if you're investing, it's always there. Yeah. The risk, risk doesn't yeah. go away, mm -hmm. right? You need to manage risk, mm -hmm. but you can not get rid of it. Yeah. And not fully, right? You can protect yourself and you can do things, which is managing the risk. Yeah. So yeah. first step to managing it is to understanding it. Yeah. And everybody should be open and willing to say, look, we're stress testing this. This is how mm -hmm. it looks. So I think that's excellent practice that is very, very needed and everybody should do. Now, people are wanting to look at that a lot more and they're forgetting about a lot of the upside now. <laughs> right. Today, you, you swing on different it's levels. Balance, but that, yeah. Yeah, 100%. A lot of balancing, yeah. A lot. Um, do you see, I've been wondering on the overall uh, like real estate professional status. 
uh, whether that's realtors, things like that, are people leaving um, the industry or are you seeing a slowdown of people coming in? Um, it's, you know, I think especially over the last two years, we got a lot of real estate professionals that entered into the market. Yes. Way yeah. more than we had deals, way yeah, more than right. we had, right, any of that. Uh, do you see a slowdown? And if yeah, someone's working yeah. with a realtor, what mm -hmm. should they know? What what kind of questions should they be asking to make sure they're the right one? I will say it does seem like there's less people that are coming into the market for sure. Um, new agents. Uh, it was a I can't imagine being a brand new agent in the last two years. Like I, I just it, it's it was a lot. It was very fast paced. So many so many things happening so quickly. I could see really it being a it would be a lot. And in, in with real estate, every deal, you build confidence. It's like every deal is different. No deals are the same. So the more you have under your belt, I feel like you do start to learn, uh, you know, how to pivot, how to, ha how to handle problem solving. A lot of it is a lot of problem solving, negotiating, timing. Uh, coming into it now, I would say, you know, there's going to be some other people that could help, which is good. There's a lot of agents that could have more time that could come alongside and help. But you really have to be prepared because if you don't sell something, you know, a house that used to be closing in 30 days, now you've got to be able to, if it, what if it takes 90 to 120 days yeah. to sell? So it's definitely like you've got to have reserves. You've got to have mm -hmm. a way that's, you're going to be okay if you don't sell anything for, yeah. you, don't, you don't get money in your pocket for a few, you know, four to six months. So those are things to consider. But um, I mean, I, I love real estate and I think that if, if someone's passionate about it, people like to get behind somebody that's passionate about what they do. Yes. And for me, like, it's exciting. I, I love getting out of bed. I love looking for opportunities. I love looking for deals. I love helping our clients. Something, it just brings me so much joy to try to figure somebody out and be like, oh, I know exactly what you're, I think I know where you're, you're going to love this location, yeah. this area. And um, I mean, working with an agent, like some questions to ask, I think Really, it's like listening. You know, is, is your agent listening to what you you're wanting, or are they just trying to pitch? You know, something that they want to sell you. And to me, it's never been about my agenda. I mean, ultimately, it's it's you really want to help somebody reach their goals, and it's an opportunity that you have to be able to provide a service and be an expert in a field that you can share your knowledge with somebody that it, it can make a difference in their lives. And when when you've seen that happen to people, and they come back and like, oh my gosh, if you wouldn't have help me direct that. I mean, I can't tell you how many people will tell me that, like I never would have landed in that area and it was exactly where we wanted to be. And, um, whether it's, you know, the schools or the location, cause it is a community. It's like, if you can help somebody find their people and yeah. their area and it's more than a house, you know, yeah. it's, it's a lifestyle. So. And especially right now, yes. because people are having more options. So now totally. it's like, and two, the perceived buying a uh, decision, not perceived. The reality is mm -hmm. this is going to cost me a lot more. Yeah. And you so want to be happy you want to be doing. happy. Mm -hmm. You got to really look at, uh, you know, the, the overall placement. And I love, uh, you know, that advice is, are they listening to you? Are they understanding the outcome? And this is a big thing that we've used even on the commercial side that when we worked with brokers, uh, it was brokers that I'd have lots of discussions with and I understood philosophically them and they understood me. Yeah. They understood my investing strategy, what yes. I was trying to approach, mm -hmm. right? Um, it wasn't, oh, I have a deal for you, exactly. right? I'm like, I don't know you. Yeah. Like, how do you have a deal for me? <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it, it, it's those that um, were on the same page and they really understood what we were trying to achieve. And then we would just buy and buy and buy over and over and over yeah. again from them. Yeah. And so I think that's great advice for anybody on the realtor side. Yeah. 
Yeah. And saying focus a lot less maybe on the product that you're uh, you're pushing, but the yeah. end buyer, and then take the product from yes. there yeah. and go find it. I agree. And I we rec- recently listened to this. Um, it was this event where entrepreneurs were there, and this guy shared something, and it really like stuck home with me. It was about he said, you know, there's push and pull in business, and in He's like, you know, if you're in a location, I know we've traveled and you go walk down the busy streets and you hear these guys are like, come into my restaurant, come in, come in, you've, you've got to try this, you know, come in. And then you, you're just kind of like, this is too much, you yeah. know, and you walk by and then somebody else is, you just see this environment, that, like people are having fun, they're having a good time, they seem, it looks, the food looks amazing and it like pulls you in. And yes. so I think the push and pull in business is like, you want people to be drawn and excited to work with you and be excited to be a part of something like I want to help you achieve your goal. You're kind of drawing them in because it's just something that you're so passionate about and so excited about versus like being a pushy, you know, salesperson. I love the push and pull analogy. I just think it's huge because those are who you want. That's who you want to be with. That's who you want to work with. And and that's, for me, it's like I look at it as a privilege. Every person that chooses to work with me, I feel lucky. I'm like, oh my, I think, like this is exciting. It's it's not just something I take for granted for sure. And there are, you know, a lot of, I think there's, I don't know if there's 9,000 agents and there's a lot of agents. And so to me, for somebody to trust, you know, me and my team, it means so much. And 95% of our business is referral based. So you just, that, that means everything too. It's like, okay, they're coming to you from a friend or family that's a a business or client. So those are, those are things that I do think are sustainable in a business is because you're, you're really, it's not just about sales. Yeah. I love that. I love the push and pull analogy. Um, like I've, I, I focus on like, let's create the conditions mm-hmm. in which opportunity will arise and people will come to us. Yeah. And if we can focus on creating the conditions that those things naturally occur, organically occur, we'll be successful forever. Yeah. As opposed to just simply trying to always hunt down the next thing. Exactly. The next sell, the next yeah. one. Focus on the conditions. Uh, so focus on the pulling, not yes. the pushing. Yes. Yes. Um, I think that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, your, thank you. Your advice is just awesome. It's a crazy environment. So I really appreciate you coming <laughs> yeah, in and fun. talking to a lot of people because they're not sure exactly. It, it, they just don't, they're confused, yeah. which is understandable yeah. in today's age. It's and unknowns, yeah. it's important to not let right now emotions take you on the buying, on the investing part. You need to be logical. And I love yes. The basics are the most important. Does it cash flow? Is Mm -hmm. the market good, right? That's where you make your money. And that's what makes sure you don't get into trouble. Exactly. Now, where can people find you? Where can more people learn about you? Where should we send everybody? Um, McFarrenRealEstate.com here in Boise, Idaho. And I would be happy to answer questions or if you want to make investments looking at real estate here or opportunities. We do have experience with rentals, Airbnbs. Um, all, all sorts of stuff. So that's, it's always exciting to be able to share that with other people that are looking at it and they don't know where to start because it is kind of an unknown if you've never been in it. Yeah. Well, I've got the links in the show notes, everybody. So go follow them, check them out. And thank, thank you, you so for much. your time. Yeah. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks.